Welcome to the Southern Glow Podcast. My name is Carrie Hyatt Richmond. I'm a wife, extra needs mama, homeschool teacher, fantasy author, and empath. I'm here with one goal in mind, to enrich your entire world by empowering you to live in it authentically and honestly as the exact soul you were sent here to be. It's time to release all the outdated cultural paradigms, generational facades, and hectic patterns that are draining the magic out of your days. By choosing to anchor back into your soul and to reconnect with your intuition, you will compose a unique harmonic identity that enriches every aspect of your life. I cannot wait to share all the tools, shifts, and rituals that you can implement to step into the reality you've been longing for. I know that we're going to have the best time connecting. So thank you for pushing play today. Now, let's reclaim your glow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. It's just me. I have no guest, except probably the story that I'm going to tell you is almost like a haunting memory. So you could consider it a ghost of the past. (laughs) No, that's super weird. But no, so I am at our farmhouse right now. I slipped away today while Wyatt is with his tutor. So I could just record without knowing that at any moment I could be busted in on. (laughs) Sometimes you just need that reassurance of total quiet and peace of mind and knowing that you can just delve into your craft, which is one of the things I try not to be super jealous of my husband about, that he can physically leave our house and go to an office every day. (laughs) He probably thinks I'm crazy, but I say you have no idea what a treat and privilege that is to know that you can go there and just dive into your work and you don't have to be worried about being interrupted constantly. But I digress. I have found (laughs) a place to go today and I'm super grateful for it. I know this is an absolute privilege and so blessed to have this space Filled with all its little rainbows. Oh, you guys, I'm so obsessed with these little films that I put on our front door at our home. And we had some extra and I brought it out here and had Jordan put it up on the front door here. And this is the exact time of day that the sun shines right through it. And so there are rainbows sprinkled everywhere. And this is definitely the addition to my house for little houses that I didn't even know I needed. And now that I have them, I don't know how I could live without them. But rainbows aside, I came here with an intention. I came today to talk about self-care and turning the narrative on that into what we all actually need, which is soul care and soul nourishment. But (laughs) I got here (laughs) and I made my coffee and as I was like, kind of preparing my notes and what I wanted to say, I just thought, no, actually, (laughs) that's not what I need to be talking about today. I think it's time for me to revisit a story that I don't think I ever intentionally thought I was going to share or knew that I was going to share. And for quite a while, it was still so raw and painful. I don't think I could have ever even shared it if I wanted to. Not without crying about it anyway. But now that I'm here on the flip side of it, and actually the memory of it is getting farther and farther away, I worry almost that if I don't share this now, 
too much time will have passed in the future and I won't be able to drive home all of the trivial lessons that I learned from this experience. And this experience being when my best friend broke up with me. I'm just gonna (laughs) give that a minute. So maybe I'll just take you guys back. We'll set the stage. I will tell you a story. (laughs) I promise it has a happy ending, but the beginning of the story is not so much. So I had this best friend. Let's call her Jane. So Jane and I met in college and it was one of those meetings that you have in your life where you immediately know that this person is going to be a massive part of your life. We clicked in ways that I hadn't clicked with anyone before. We just, our conversation flowed like no other. We just were in agreement on so many things and had such similar personalities and It was just so easy and so fulfilling. And so really quickly, we went from being strangers to being absolute best friends. Shortly after her wedding, she moved away. And that was really where things got more tricky and murky. But in hindsight, they had always been that way. I just didn't allow myself to see it. So I consider myself a very with it person. (laughs) And it takes a lot for people to pull things over on me. I'm very intuitive and observant. And so I just want to set the stage for that. (laughs) I never thought I was someone who would get abused and I thought I was too smart for that. That's such a almost, I don't know. I feel rude saying that. I don't mean to say that people who or abused or not smart. That is totally not what I mean by that. I mean, I thought I would be able to spot someone abusing me from a mile away and be able to remove myself from the situation. And what I learned through this is a lot of compassion for everyone who has experienced any type of abuse because I absolutely fell victim to it and had no idea that it was going on for the 10 years that it went on. So it was all these little things um, that probably escalated when she moved away. So we were young married people, young mothers too. And when she had her babies, I would take my baby, whoever was my current, Wyatt or Emmy, whatever was the smallest, and take them with me and fly up there, just me and my baby, to be there and support her with her new little baby or babies later and, like, spend some quality time together and just, like, be there with her during these times. And there were so many little things that happened that I just always shrugged off as, you know, I don't know, just a little disagreement or didn't really let my mind play into the things that were really happening But then we'll continue to fast forward. So I'm giving you a really brief overview and then we're going to go back into all the details. But she got married. She moved away. We stayed in constant contact. We were on the phone like pretty much every day. And um, I would go up there and see her as often as I could with two little babies, which was not a lot. And at some point, I guess she became disenchanted with me. (laughs) 
We'll just say that. I have no idea what happened, to be honest. Um, but about 10 years into our relationship, keep in mind, she's also at this point the godmother of my children. Like, I would take a bullet for hers, no questions asked. And like, that is like the level of trust and love that we were entangled in. And one night I'm prepping dinner and my phone pings and I pick it up and it was a text from her. And in it, she just basically said that she didn't want to be friends with me anymore because I made her feel too bad about herself. And that was it. And I thought, what? Where did this come from? We're not having an argument. Like, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on, but you can't just break up with me after 10 years in a text. So I immediately pick up the phone and start calling her and I probably had to call her like 20 times. At least that's what it felt like. And I was shaking the whole time. Um, my body's actually kind of like revisiting the trauma and my hand is shaking a little bit now. It's okay. And she finally answered and ripped me a new one while I just sat there with my, my, my chin was probably on the ground and my mouth was just gaping and I was just trying to take it all in like, what? But my head was spinning from the whiplash and all the verbal abuse that poured out on me and hung up the phone. And I remember Jordan came home from work and I just looked at him and I tried to tell him what just happened. And I thought, I just need, I need a minute. <laughs> I can't even. So I went on our back patio and I just sat there for a long time trying to process what had just happened. It was just completely out of left field. And it hurt me so deeply. All the things that she said were really, really hurtful. And I felt really unjust, but she also wouldn't hear out anything I had to say. I will also, I don't know. There were more, there was another thing in play too. <laughs> this was also COVID time. Oh yeah, that was right. This was the timing. This was like April 2020. So the world is petrified. COVID is in full swing. You know, we were all masking, not leaving home. The world was shutting down. People were getting, you know, told not to come to work. Like, it was crazy times. <laughs> it was like not the time that you want your best friend <laughs> to totally write you off. It was just so bizarre. But anyway, yeah, so it was it was crazy times. <laughs> And I think a lot of it had to do with different views that we had on things. But at the same time, I was never, and I will never be someone to press my views on anyone else. Life is too short for that. I just take you as you are. And if we get along, that's great. And if we don't, that's cool. I'll see you later. But I also can navigate and manage relationships really successfully with people who have totally different views than me. I can see past that and accept the person and love the person. And I think maybe that might've been part of the big hiccup, but also still, I'm not so sure. But anyway, so I went on a journey <laughs> over like the next six months. I got the most fit that I've been in, I don't even remember how long. <laughs> I was on the treadmill all the time, just running and trying to process what had happened. Uh, it was just it almost sounds corny to say out loud, but like I created this little playlist and it was like all of these almost like breakup songs and stuff because, and because essentially that was what I felt like had happened. I felt like my heart had been ripped out of my chest and everything that I thought I knew was taken from me and was pulled out to be this bogus lie. 
I felt super hurt and betrayed and uh, just all the things. So I would run on my treadmill and listen to this like heartbreaking slash, you know, people getting over the breakups and feeling empowered afterward playlist, kind of like just trying to process and get through those six months because it really hurt me on that big of a level. I felt like I lost a sister and someone that I would have done anything for. And I didn't know what I had done to deserve it. And I felt like it was really unjust. But through the process of that, little by little, when I would run, my thoughts would leave the sadness and revisit old memories and see them with fresh eyes. And it was absolutely crazy. I had about three months of just straight epiphanies. Whenever I would let my mind wander back on old conversations or old experiences, it was it was absolutely mind-blowing. It was as if I had to be forcefully removed from the situation and from the person to get a clear perspective on what was actually happening to me. And it was just it was wild. It, it opened my eyes to things that, like I said before, it gives me so much compassion for anyone who suffered any type of emotional abuse, gaslighting, all of that. Those are things I didn't even know what they were, <laughs> much less thought I was a victim of them, and really came to see how abused I had been over that entire decade. What a punching bag and a puppet I had been, and obviously how much I gave when so little to nothing was ever given back to me. And I had created this whole world around this relationship that to me was so valuable and to her was so worthless. It was just absolutely crazy. But when I was able to look back on all these things that happened, I was able to so clearly see how little she really cared for me, how untrue her love for me or my family was and really just connect all the dots full circle. And that was able to give me so much desire to close it on my own, to move forward from that chapter, to release it as one huge giant lesson that I didn't even know I needed. And it also was the key factor in what launched me into getting a coach and really digging into my my patterns, what I was doing, how I was living, how I was showing up versus who I really, really was in my core and who I wanted to be. It was really the catalyst and the catapult for all of my self-growth in the last five years. And now that I can see that for what it was, I have nothing but so much gratitude for what I learned at the end of that relationship. Of course, it still makes me a little sad if I let my thoughts wander back to the friendship I thought I had, but then I have to quickly remind myself that that was all perception and none of it was real and revert back to all of these things that I was able to clearly see hindsight 2020. like. I would fly up there with my babies to go visit her. And meanwhile, her family still lives in the town, like right next to mine, very close. And she would come down and visit them for vacations and things like that. And 
never text me or call me and tell me that she was in the area. All the while, this was my best friend. And, you know, had the roles been reversed, if I was actually close enough to my best friend, I'd be trying to see her or just let her know I was in the area. Like, hey, girl, I'm here. I might not have time to get coffee with you, but, you know, maybe we can work something out. I mean, it was just all these little things and she would rub it in my face so much how little she cared all the years that we were calling each other best friends. She would post um, like birthday things to people on social media, always all these other friends and never me. She would never post any pictures of us together, actually, come to think about it. It was so bizarre. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. It's just crazy. And then I come out of this relationship and I'm so hurt and devastated. And I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> none of that was real. She was just using me. And it was just, I won't even get into more of the details because um, I feel like it just breathes life into all of those lies that I have absolutely shattered and gratefully walking away from. But I guess the point is what was essentially the most hurtful thing that has ever happened to me ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was as if God gave me so many chances to acknowledge what was really going on and to stand up for myself or put myself on a more clear path and I didn't do it. And so that relationship was forcefully removed from my life. And while it hurt really bad for about six months, when I finally saw that it was for my greater good and what a gift it was, I was so, so relieved and so grateful. And nothing in my life, I don't even know. It's just crazy. I don't, there are so many things about that that were so twisted and so wrong. I won't even, I think the story is just alone without all of the details. But here I am, like almost four years later, and I have nothing but gratitude for it. And what's really even a kicker and maybe a good reminder is um, one more thing I'll share that is specific. Um, so I started working with Gervais and going on this self-healing journey and learning more about myself and trying to heal all these wounds that I wasn't even aware I had. And let's see, we started our work together maybe November or December of that year. So a few months after our, you know, breakup, if you will. And this girl, remember, she broke up with me, <laughs> was super horrible about it, et cetera. We had zero contact after that. And I'm like just getting into my coaching container with your vase and Christmas rolls around. And I went for a couple of days to the beach so I could spend some time with my mom. Um, we haven't done it in a couple of years, but for a while we were really good about every like December or January, we would go for a few days to Folly and just the two of us have a time to work and connect and just be together. And that was one of the things that we did that winter. And when we came back, we even had this beautiful call with Gervais while we were there where we touched on a lot of my <laughs> patterns I was unaware of. And then, you know, it was, oh, that's a whole nother conversation, but it was a beautiful trip. And I felt next level ready to hit the ground running when I came back home and no joke, I opened up my mailbox and there was a Christmas card from this girl addressed to me or our family. And I remember just standing there and being like, 
what? I mean, what part of this is okay? Why would you do this? Why would you send this to me? And it's just like another slap in the face. Like you're going to break up with me, but we're still on your Christmas card roster. Like that just seems so distasteful and rude and horrible, like next level. And then I had to remind myself, she's abusing you. She's taking every opportunity she can to abuse you. And this is another sign of the abuse. It's the only way she can reach you. It's a way to let you know that she still barely remembers about you, but not enough to try to heal the relationship or anything like that. Nothing like that. And so I took it inside and I set it on the counter and I just knew that what I did with it was going to be significant. And so I remember voxing Gervais and saying, you're never going to believe this. (laughs) And I told her what had shown up and she said, you know, the timing of that is just, it can't be overlooked. You just had this beautiful weekend with your mom. We had a wonderful coaching call. You are continuing to grow forward and step into this next level of yourself. You cannot address this card in the same fashion that you would have. So that gave me pause to be very reflective of how I wanted to address the card. And I'm sure some of you are just sitting there going, just throw it away. Like, what? why are you even making a thing out of it? And the thing was, like, I didn't want to open it. I had no care to even look for two seconds at her face and see some generic card that they sent to like 200 people. And I also didn't want to throw it away because I knew if I did, she would maintain some sense of power and she might think that I opened it and kept it. She might think that I opened it and it hurt me and it would leave the door open for her to continually re-rub salt on that wound every single Christmas. And so I sat with it for a few days and thought, what do I do with this? Like, I just, I know that this woman holds no space in my life anymore. I have learned all the lessons that I needed to learn from that relationship. And I am full-heartedly moved on to the next chapter. But how do I make sure this doesn't become an earth stacker and her ghost doesn't come back to haunt me? In, in ways that I don't deserve. I don't deserve that. No one deserves to be like tortured by someone who abused you and then lost, like cut you off. I don't even know. So in the end, after sitting with it, it was clear to me one day, I just thought, oh, wait, returning it to sender is an option. I can do that. I can grab a Sharpie, write return to sender, pop it in my mailbox, and then she will know that I did not want to receive her Christmas card. And hopefully that will be the cue that she needs to remove me from her Christmas list. (laughs) I mean, it was like a handwritten Christmas, like uh, the outside was handwritten. So it wasn't like, you know, it even came off some printed thing and, and there was no, you know, it was an accident. It was intentional. It was intentionally designed to be hurtful. And I wasn't gonna let her win one more time. And I wasn't gonna breathe any more life into a lesson that I'd already learned fully. So I wrote return to sender on it and popped it in my mailbox. And I remember just feeling like, oh, it's done. That was the absolute final piece of closure that I needed from what was a tremendously torturous and hurtful chapter, but also such a significant chapter in my self-growth and development. Like, I'm so grateful I'm so grateful I went through all of that and I did all of the work and I went through the darkness 
and kept going and kept going (laughs) until I saw the light again. You know, she can't take that from me. And no one can take your growth from you. And I think that's an important thing to remember too, especially when your growth is coming forced on you (laughs) by way of God in the universe, you know, removing people from your life, even when at the time it may feel so hurtful and so unjust and you have no idea why this thing is happening to you because you've always been such a good friend and you've always tried so hard. And just remember to take the time to grieve. That was part of the process. I grieved. And part of that process was navigating how to heal myself, which for me meant removing all contact, not allowing room for me to wonder if she would ever text me again or DM me again or like, oh, I was going to say like a photo on my Instagram, but she never liked any of my photos on Instagram. (laughs) Um. So I like blocked her on all the things. I had done that over the summer, actually. And that was like a really hard move for me. But that was me beginning to lean into knowing you removed this person from my life for a reason. Now let me trust and find out what it is. And the gift of that was so much more immense than I could ever fathomed. So what was so hurtful at the time, you know, keep in mind, this is like four years later, though. (laughs) <laughs> so I grieved. I grieved hardcore. I mean, all the mad Taylor Swift songs, all that stuff for like six months on the treadmill, pounding it out, grieving and trying to process. And then I worked with my coach and I worked through all that stuff and I healed. And now that it feels that that's becoming a distant memory, I think it's important to look back on it one last time with the immense gratitude that I have for where it's brought me, which is exactly where I need to be plugging myself into my spiritual journey and trying to help others along the way. And none of that would have been possible had that relationship not been terminated from my life. And so I guess it's just a good reminder for everyone that sometimes if you choose to ignore all the signs, God will step in and make some bold moves for you And even though in the thick of things, it may not feel like it's what you want and it feels like it couldn't possibly be the best thing for you, know that it is. There's always a big reason. There's always something he's trying to protect you from or redirect you away from to set you on the path that you're meant to be on. So I guess that's my story. (laughs) And there were times that I couldn't even think about this girl without like bawling or getting super upset. And now I have forgiven all the things. I have embraced and accepted all the growth. And it's really just such a beautiful full circle thing for me that I was worried if I didn't share it now, too much time will pass and it's not even going to be relevant anymore. I guess in a way it'll always be super relevant because it was like the thing that catapulted me into removing all the masks and fake identities I was wearing and really discovering who I was and allowing myself to be that person. So in a way, it'll always be super important. But at the same time, it feels less aligned to talk about the farther I get from it, if that makes any sense. So so here we are. 
your best friend breaking up with you could be the best thing that ever happens to you. And that could be true for just about any relationship. And I'm so grateful that when we are unable to clearly see what is in our greatest good or clearly see the path that we need to take, God will boldly swoop in, slam all the doors and remove all the people and pluck you up and drop you into a void that you need to go through to get there. And I'm not downplaying any of the trauma and tears and hard work, not in the slightest, because those things are very real, but they are part of that journey in the void. And um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll leave it there. You can't ramble about a breakup for too long. But if anyone's gone through anything similar, know that my heart is with you. And sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. But keep moving forward. Keep focusing on your growth and your healing. And allow yourself the opportunity to not just to grieve because that's super important. Don't bypass the grieving or then you won't be able to let go. But to remove yourself far enough from the situation that you can see the forest and the trees are not all in your way. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap this one up. My biggest trauma turned into like a 32-minute podcast. (laughs) No, but I'm so grateful it happened. And I'm so appreciative of everybody for listening to this. And again, if you've gone through something similar, my heart is so with you. It's heavy stuff. And at the same time, even though you may not in the thick of it, try to embrace the gift because it's giving you something better. And that was a little quote that I picked up farther into my journey. But, you know, this or something better. If God is forcefully removing this from your life, I can absolutely promise you there is something much, much better. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Nothing lights my soul up more than sharing the deeply impactful tools and rituals that I've gathered along my own journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with someone you love and be sure to subscribe. It's absolutely free and will ensure that you never miss out on the latest. I love connecting with my readers and listeners. So reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know what topics you'd love to have covered in future episodes. If you're looking for a dreamy fantasy read, book one of my debut series, The Unseen Realm, is available now on Amazon. So be sure to grab a copy of Eyes on Fire today. You can find all the links you need in today's show notes. Our time together has come to an end. So until we meet again, take good care of yourself and look for the magic in every day.